And uh, we will move on to our third segment here. You're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI. And I am Amba Gergarian, your host for today with the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. Speaking of the Independent, we had a recent article from author Kostas Panayotakis, professor of sociology at the New York City College of Technology and author of The Capitalist Mode of Destruction. And his article was called Omicron Variant Underscores Why We Must Abolish Global Vaccine Apartheid. So as we know, a new coronavirus variant, the Omicron variant, was just discovered in South Africa. And we're faced with the possibility that it may prove resistant to vaccines that we'd hope to bring, you know, that we would hope to use to bring the pandemic under control. And so here to talk about his article, Omicron variant underscores why we must abolish global vaccine apartheid is author Kostas Panayotakis. Kostas, welcome to the show. Uh, Hi, Amber. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, what uh, the article talks about is the fact that uh, scientists have have been warning us for a long time that uh, unless... um, we put an end to the vaccine apartheid, where you have basically a situation where rich countries like the U.S. Uh, are hoarding the vaccine. They have more doses than uh, than is needed for their population, and the vaccines are going to waste, basically. And meanwhile, you have um, countries in the global south that are basically excluded, uh, you know, where the large numbers of people would love to have access to the vaccine, but... Uh, uh, but they don't. And as a result, what that means is that um, uh, the, the, the virus has um, an opportunity to basically keep uh, mutating into new strains that can be much more transmissible and uh, potentially even more, more, more dangerous. Um, so we've seen that with the Delta variant. Uh, mm-hmm. We may see that uh, with the Omicron variant. So, you know, uh, so there is an element, you know, in rich countries like the U.S., oftentimes there is a lot of emphasis on the irrationality of anti-vaxxers, and that's understandable to some extent. But, you know, on the other hand, the authorities who are basically telling everybody they should uh, vaccinate themselves, at the same time, they don't take the steps that are needed to make sure that uh, the global apartheid uh, in terms of vaccines is uh, ended immediately. So you may have uh, some countries like Germany and, uh, you know, vetoing uh, the suspension of the patents, for example, and even the U.S. doing, you know, very, very little. I mean, this has to be, the vaccines have to be um, available immediately. And, uh, you know, if you force, uh, you know, this uh, technology to be shared, the, the, the vaccine makers to share the technology, you could have... Uh, basically manufacturing of the vaccine, you know, in many uh, countries around the world because we need, uh, you know, billions and billions of, uh, of doses, basically. Um, and uh, so it's like basic, uh, basically the irrationality is not just on the part of the anti-vaxxers. It's also on the part of, you know, the sort of uh, our politicians who are talking about this issue being very urgent and they don't act that way. And when there is this mm. uh, contradiction, by the way, it sort of funds the kind of paranoia of the anti-vaxxers because they can right. sort of say, well, if you think that this is so urgent, how come you're not doing what uh, the scientists are saying 
uh, must be done. So you're probably just, uh, you know, exaggerating because clearly if it was that dangerous, you would basically pull um, all the plugs. But So it's like um, this kind of irrationality that is um, underwritten and supported by basically capitalist interests, including the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, uh, you know, on Friday, the, the stock markets around the world were basically collapsed and Moderna, its uh, share went up by 20% when everything else was, you know, uh, going down uh, down the toilet. It sort of shows you, it's like a, a, a case of your death is my profit. Right, which is unfortunately all too common with, with the situation that we have on our hands, like you said, where, you know, the government is just, you know, really in bed with with corporate interest and and, and fiscal interest over the interest of people now you know um i think the uh, the or i'm sure i read yesterday the uh the vaccination rate in in the continent of africa is seven percent compared to uh 59 percent in the u.s and higher in other um you know global north or western countries so you, you one point you mentioned in, in your article is is how this you know how this awareness of um, not only vaccine apartheid, but hypocrisy on the part of, of of these politicians could potentially create global solidarity. Could potentially create a movement, you know, for um, an undoing of this apartheid. Talk about this global solidarity you envision, and and how possible you think it is that it would happen. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a situation. It's similar, actually, to the situation with a climate crisis where the authorities are not really the voice of reason. They are not the representatives of science. And it's sort of um, the, the role of sort of being the voice of reason is basically going over to social movements who have to basically put pressure for, you know, what needs to happen to actually happen for science and what the scientists are saying to be actually, you know, to, ha- to get the hearing that... Um, uh, that they deserve. So I think, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, we think of um, uh, social movements as being motivated by idealism and so on and so forth, uh, and level of altruism. And that may be to some extent true sometimes. But at the same mm-hmm. time, this is a case where it's like blatant self-interest. It's like completely irrational. It's, uh, you know, unless everybody gets vaccinated, Nobody is uh, safe, especially in today's globalized uh, world. I mean, you know, like a city, we live in a city like New York City. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, people come and go from places like Hong Kong and South Africa and London and Europe and, uh, you know, Israel all the time to New York City. I mean, how can you realistically expect that you can, you know, focus on vaccinating the people in your city or even in your country? And, um, you know, uh, and think that uh, that you're doing something. I mean, uh, we have to if we really think that uh, the virus is a really sort of uh, urgent problem, we have to act accordingly. And we're not doing that. Right. Or the people, you know, the authorities who should be doing that are not uh, doing that. And they will need to have a sort of massive movement to, like, push them in that direction. I mean, the climate justice movement is much more developed because it has had some, you know, sort of there, it has been going on for some time. And they still haven't managed to put the pressure that is necessary. So it's like 
the problem is so urgent. Something has to be done immediately. And, you know, it's like, you know, we're sort of far, far away from where we should be and from having the kind of movement that would be, you know, sort of powerful enough to exert that pressure. So um, it's like our, our own hope in a way. And that is that but is the start a movement for like folks. that develops very fast, you know. And maybe it's time for that to happen. We are going to have to leave it there. Thank you, Kostas Paneyatakis, professor of sociology at the New York City College of Technology and author of *The Capitalist Mode of Destruction: Austerity, Ecological Crisis, and the Hollowing Out of Democracy*. I highly encourage our listeners to go over to independent.org and read his article, *Omicron Variant Underscores Why We Must Abolish Global Vaccine Apartheid*. Kostas, thank you. Thank you.